Oh, pity the poor glutton, whose troubles all begin, and struggling on and on to turn what's out into what's in. Walter de la Mer. Hey guys, welcome back to The Writer's Lens. This is Josh J.C. Felto, and I'm going to keep rolling here with the theme of the seven deadly sins, because uh, the last episode I did was centered around the sin of envy, and I just thought it'd be kind of cool to keep going on down the seven deadly sins and see how it relates to storytelling and writing. So without any further ado, uh, we're going to tackle the sin of gluttony in this episode. Uh, so if you've ever been someone that has been interested in this particular sin or this particular vice that's out there, uh, we're going to tackle it through the writer's lens. So here we go. So what exactly is gluttony? What does it mean to be a gluttonous person? Uh, and what is gluttony, I guess, in terms of the scope of the seven deadly sins? Well, Gluttony technically means to consume in excess or swallow more than one needs. And you're probably familiar with this already if you're listening to this podcast and you've you've probably heard the expression of that person as being a bit of a glutton or that person can be gluttonous from time to time with how they eat. So gluttony typically is used in the context of you're eating too much. So there's this physical idea that you're eating too much, you're eating more than your body can handle. You're taking in way too much excess of something. And the the intended place that it's going, namely your stomach, is not going to be able to process it as quickly as you would like to. So it's kind of this counterintuitive um, persp- or, uh, action that is trying to stuff more into oneself than is, than is plausible. And the interesting thing about gluttony is that it, in a little research that I did on this, before I did this episode, is that gluttony actually can also be associated with wealth and the consumption of status symbols. So you could also be a glutton for status. You could be a glutton for trying to do a lot of different things uh, at once. Maybe it's like multitasking, for instance. You could be a glutton for accomplishment or uh, task management, things of that nature. So it's anything that basically would rob you of perhaps normalizing uh, your life or the rhythm of your life or anything that, that again, might fall within that, within that scope. And naturally, from a, from a Christian standpoint, from a Judeo-Christian worldview, it might also mean to be self-indulgent towards uh, food, which is technically, like I said, the one thing that it almost always gets associated with. And you don't just do it, though, out of want uh, for enjoyment. In many ways, gluttony can be a sign of a deeper problem, a, a deeper diagnosis where you're trying to avoid something or you're basically trying to get away or put your mind on something else. And the only way you can get your mind on something else is if you consume something, if you go out and actually take something else, which again, as I said in the in the previous episode about envy, is that every one of the seven deadly sins eventually comes back to this idea of self-indulgence. It comes back to the idea of being selfish and whatever your motivations are, they're ultimately going to be what's best for you and not what's best for other people. So gluttony is another just kind of variant of that. And uh, it just so happens that it revolves around food and the consumption of it because we all need food. Okay, we all need to eat and we all need to to consume things in order to survive. But gluttony is the overstating or the overstating of that or the, uh, the in excess. So if you haven't got that by now, uh, this deep into the episode, 
I, I wanted to hammer that home as much as possible. So, so I know what you're thinking at this point. Josh, how in the world is this going to fit within the writer's lens and talk about storytelling as, a, as it relates to gluttony and eating food? Are you going to be talking about sitting at a Starbucks or a coffee shop and eating too much uh, breakfast sandwich or too many breakfast sandwiches? Are you talking about consuming too much coffee, which can happen? Are you talking about uh, consuming food late at night when you should be sleeping instead of sitting up writing and editing and banging your head off of a, off a desk and uh, trying to force yourself to finish that last chapter or proofread or whatever it is? Well, those could be examples. Uh, I guess those could be things where you're being a bit gluttonous. Uh, but I do want to talk about the process of writing and also just how our individual stories, I guess, can end up becoming uh, a trap for gluttony. So I got three of them. So we're, we're going to go through these in order or in no particular order, really. But here are my observations and some potential pitfalls as it pertains to being gluttonous uh, in, the, in the scope of writing. So here we go. So number one would be when we're writing our book, we can actually run the risk of consuming too much advice. Now, what does that look like in, in real life? Um, I often am someone that will get really, really deep into research and analytics whenever I'm really interested in something. Anyone who knows me closely enough, my wife in particular, my, my good friends around me, my other creative friends, my writing buddies, they all know me as someone that when I find out something new, I do a deep dive. Okay, I have to research it. I have to understand its, its ins and outs. And I'm never satisfied until I finally come to the bottom of that barrel or the bottom of the rabbit hole or the end of the tunnel, how, whatever analogy you want to use. I am not satisfied till I get there. And many times uh, it's, it borders on obsession, <laughs> just to be completely honest. I can border on obsession with the amount of research I can do. But the problem with writing a book and applying that same kind of almost addictive personality or obsessive personality is that you can run the risk of consuming too much. And when I say too much advice, uh, what I mean is, is that when you're writing something, you might be going out there and trying to get everybody's expert opinion on how to go about doing it, which actually would be the opposite of what I first did. When, when I went out to write a book, I just, I just said to myself, well, you know what, naturally I'm a good writer. And I'm just going to put this thing together. It's going to be no big deal. Uh, I'm going to throw some stuff on this page. And I, I know I'm really solid. And I'm a stellar scribe. So whatever I put out there is going to going to soar. It's going to sail. There's no problem at all for me. Okay, big, big mistake. Big delusion of grandeur right there. So on the flip side of that, having seen how cavalier I was and how I was so willing to throw caution to the wind, the opposite problem that I think a person might have, might have when it comes to writing a book is that you have to consume as much quote-unquote expert advice as possible before you can actually get started. And some people might say this is something like analysis paralysis, right? Like, you know, doing a, doing a deep dive into information and just going way, way too deep and not taking the time to say, all right, have I done enough? Have I actually come to the point where I have enough information that I have enough on my plate I don't need to keep going any further on this one. Uh, and I know people can be like this. You know, there's this scared element of, I have to have all my ducks in a row. I have to have everything buttoned down. I, there's no way I can, I can move to the next step unless everything is perfected. 
And, and you know, I have close friends like this too that that end up being a lot like this. I mean, and, and I'm no stranger to it either. Uh, either as far as wanting it to be perfect before I launch it, wanting it to be just right before I actually start doing this. And so going out and consuming so much material and, and consuming as much uh, in the resource space as possible. This is a this is an area where we can spend as much time researching as, as possible and never actually get to the book itself. And if you're someone who's like that, then I want to encourage you to come to a place where you feel like, okay, I've got enough information, I can start moving. Because that's that's really the goal of writing any book or to, or telling any story is that eventually you, you have to just start it. You have to get it going. Uh, you know, I, I just had an interview recently with a gentleman named Austin Gone, who uh, has written a book called A Restless Age. And he studied uh, the late St. August, Augustine. I was going to say Augustine, but if you listen to our interview, you understand why that's important. The The pronunciation is important. But... Uh, but he and I were, were talking about this, this concept of having everything in line prior to launching a book. And, and he even said it. He goes, at some point, you just, you just have to leap, right? You can't just spend all your time researching things, ingesting as much as you can. Eventually, you're going to have to say, all right, now is the time for me to take a chance. Now is the time for me to actually put my, my voice out there to see what's going to happen next. And, and I totally understand how frightening that can be. And how much it can make you weak in the knees and you don't want to do it. Because social media is not a, uh, how do I put this lightly? It is not a forgiving playground, right? I mean, the moment you put stuff out there, you are leaving it open to interpretation from people who have never met you potentially. And these folks are going to be as honest or perhaps as cruel as you could have ever hoped or not hoped them to be. (laughs) Uh, And I can uh, personally attest to that. So... So I understand that there's a lot of uh, you know hesitance about doing that, but again, my encouragement is get as much information as you can to understand what it is that you're launching into. I mean, are you launching a self-help book? Are you launching a fiction that's it's like a fantasy? Delve into the realms that you're going to learn best in that maybe genre that that uh, maybe that ideology or, or that you're studying about. Go there and don't allow yourself to get off the rails too far because that's when I think we can be a little bit gluttonous about writing or, or telling our story is when we're trying to just consume too much. And, and, when, and I say advice because it really is advice. We think we're giving ourselves advice by consuming all of these other outlets. And, uh, and again, I, I, I do want to preface that as well, just saying that you should go out and get mentors and you should go out and, and try to consume content. You absolutely should because it'll make you better. But again... There comes a time when you should leap and stop standing on the edge of that uh, edge of that cliff or or precipice. I, that was the word I was looking for was precipice. I don't have my th- my uh, thesaurus out with me, so just so we're, we're going with that. So number two, as far as gl- uh, gluttony and writing is concerned, is that the opposite can happen, which I actually just referenced in number one, which is we can throw ourselves out into the mix of certain spaces prematurely. And this goes along with chasing status, which is the second half of, of what it means to be uh, gluttonous. What I'm speaking to is throwing yourself into a publisher's lap and not reading the fine print or um, you know, throwing money perhaps at, a, uh, at an editor because it's the first one that came to you. Okay, Don't just 
chase the status of having your book published. All right, vet people out, vet publishers, vet editors. There's always someone out there looking to take advantage of your dream. And, I, and I've talked about this in another uh, episode is that you're going to have people out there who are looking out for them. They are not always going to have your best interests in mind. And you have to be aware of that. And I know that's a really difficult thing for, for so many people to do. And it's also a really difficult thing for, for so many people to, uh, to realize is that other people aren't always going to have your best interests in mind. I mean, that's just the nature of business. Right, myself against yourself, and the compromise is where the transaction should take place. Okay, that's really good capitalism right there. I have a self-interest, you have a self-interest, and we both want to get something out of this. So the compromise ends up being the transaction between us, and we both get hopefully something that we want. Right, but if we're just giving, giving, giving because we're chasing that, you know, that that book that's going to show up on Amazon in a week, or we're or chasing the the dream of launching our Facebook page way before we even have a publisher inked and we're just going to throw money at any publisher that comes our way. These are not things that you that you want to be doing. You don't want to be placing yourself in these kind of uh, scenarios. So uh, I would suggest uh, leaning into people who have, who have made it and they've done it. Uh, Tim Grawl has a pretty good uh, uh, blog and um, following as far as being able to learn how to launch your book well. Jeff Goins is another great one. Uh, John Acuff is another great source for this kind of stuff. So I would really dial into those folks as far as people that have a really good idea as to what it means uh, to launch something well and to do it well and not just to throw yourself at the first person who says, yes, I will publish your book. Yes, I'll edit your book. Yes, I'll proofread your book. Um, so that's number two. So again, number one is consuming way too much information, taking too much advice, analysis paralysis. Number two, as far as being a glutton is, throwing ourselves into the mix of certain spaces prematurely, chasing status. Yes, I will pay you a thousand dollars to do my book cover. Whoa, okay. Hold on. Okay, pull the you know, put the brakes on there. All right. Put the brakes on. And finally number three here is as far as uh, gluttony is concerned is, uh, and this is one that uh, I've actually kind of struggled with uh, in the beginning stages of my writing life, is not looking for opportunities to share what we've learned, as in, you know, myself or you, with others, or asking for opportunities to do so. You learn while you teach. If I got any teachers that are listening to this right now, then you would agree with that, is that you actually learn better the material that you were taught at one point or another by teaching it to somebody else. So you learn while you're teaching things, but I think even more so, it deals with the idea that you become more credible and you gain more influence when you are willing to teach someone else what you have learned yourself. I mean, that ultimately is going to be able to uh, increase your network and allow you to make more connections out in the public, uh, publishing space or the writing space, the writing community. By sharing your experiences, by sharing a piece of the journey that you've been on, a lot of people can learn from that. I mean, this podcast itself is a journey that I'm on right now, and I'm hopefully imparting and sharing some wisdom and some experience uh, with you, listener, about wherever you are in your creative journey or writing journey, because I don't have all the answers. However, what I do have is some experience and some things that I've seen work and things that I've seen not work so well. And 
when we are willing to put ourselves out there and actually ask for the opportunities to share those things, you know, it's going to build in us uh, a sense of a more credible platform, ultimately. And more people will think of us as well whenever it comes time to say, hey, you know, that, that J.C. Alfalto guy, he knows what he's talking about with storytelling arcs. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to villains and the hero's journey and, and things like that. And that's what you want. I mean, that's what you want to have happen in order to, to sort of build your network and uh, to uh, what I think is essentially what every writer is after is to be of influence, be of influence and, and sort of move the needle on, on many things uh, that you are that you might be writing about. So that encapsulates some of the things that I saw as being uh, relating to the sin of gluttony and how it can be uh, filtered through our writing. So I hope you enjoyed this episode as I continue down the path of the seven deadly sins and how <laughs> how it can relate to writing and storytelling. Uh, again, if you didn't catch Envy and you're getting late to the party on this one and you just went, why did Josh just go through this whole thing on gluttony? Then I would encourage you to go back and check out Envy in writing. So that's it for now on uh, one of the seven deadly sins. So next time, I'm going to be talking more Seven Deadly Sins, as you might have guessed, and I think we're going to talk about greed in the next one. I'm, I'm, I know that everyone's probably wondering, when are you going to talk about lust, Josh? Well, that one is a little bit later. Maybe I'll cover that one last. I don't know, so I want you to stick around to the end. But in the next one, we're going to talk a little bit about greed, and uh, again, this being the writer's lens, how that, uh, how that horrible vice can affect our, our writing journey. So again, uh, thanks for the support, everybody, and I will catch up with you guys again next week. This is Josh J.C. Alfelto for The Writer's Lens.